0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Post-Weather Podcast. I am Austin Williams, and I am joined by my co-host, Brandon Dyer. How are you doing today? We just got out of statistics class, so my brain's kind of jumbled up. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely do that too. Uh, the Student Spin podcast is a sister media to the Six Mile Post newspaper at Georgia Highlands College in Rome, Georgia. This podcast does not represent those of the Six Mile Post or Georgia Highlands College. Today's Post Buzzer episode is brought to you by our very own GHC Student Support Services. In case you aren't already aware, they provide free academic, career, and personal counseling. Today, Brandon and I have our first Coaches Corner episode here on the Post Buzzer podcast, where we will be knocking out two birds with one stone by interviewing the men's and women's basketball coaches. Uh, introducing men's basketball coach, J.J. Merritt. How are you doing today? I'm doing great.
1: How about you
2: guys?
0: Uh, it's great to have you both on. Thank you so much. And uh, joining us as well as women's basketball coach and current GHC Director of Athletics, Brandon Harrell. How are you doing today as well? I'm doing well. Thanks for having us. And uh, we can get into asking some questions about both of you. Uh, what made you both want to pursue a career in basketball? Um, i, I dabbled in a lot of different walks
1: of life uh, after I graduated from college. And, um, just really didn't know what I wanted to do in corporate America for, uh, 12 to 13 years. And, um, that took me into working for the Atlanta dream and the Atlanta Hawks and just being around that atmosphere and those players and the coaches sitting in some of the coaches meetings with Marinelle matters when she was the coach of the Atlanta dream, when they first started the program, um, just gave me a kind of a, a, a bug uh, that, you know, maybe this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, um, <clears throat> but I didn't like it at that level uh, to, to, to give back to the youth and, um, so, that prompted me to, to start a prep school and start training kids and help the kids get into college and get a free education. Um, one thing led to another, and um,
2: I was very blessed to be asked to come on uh, staff and by uh, Phil Gaffney. And J.J. is absolute stud in college. He, <laughs> he, he he's He played it shorter. He's yeah. in the shorter Hall yeah. of Fame, still holds a ton of records. So, it was always basketball for Coach J.J. Um, my route's a little different. Um, yeah, I knew in, in high school that I wanted to coach. Now, when I graduated high school, uh, I thought I'd, I'd spend my career coaching women's basketball uh, as uh, someone who didn't even play basketball in high school, football, baseball guy. Yeah. Um, but when you know I had an opportunity uh, to start an athletics program uh, very early in my career and. and you know, we started men's, and men's basketball. And so, for me, that's where the opportunity to coach, you was basketball came from. It's you know, kind of fell in love with that yeah. and uh, you know, kind of made a career out of it. So, that was 18 years ago or so. And uh, are we are talking about when uh, South Georgia Technical College started. Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. we started uh, our men's program there in 2001. Um And, uh, you know, so did, did a lot for the men's program and when we started in our women's program in 2004 that was you know, the opportunity to, to kind of slide into that role and uh, took the chance and, and that's how I'm here. And what would you say prepared you most in life for the current coaching
0: job you have?
2: You know, I think for I don't want to speak for J.J. but I think for both of us, J.J. has played at a much higher level than I did. But athletics was, I think, a big part of both of our lives. And, you know, it's just something that, that gets in your blood and, and you just want to be around it. And you love the, the team and you love to compete and, and you want to see kids work hard and achieve their goals. So, you know, I think JJ and I have that in common where we have that athletics background uh, and, and – you know, he takes on a little bit where you want to see kids compete. You want to see them be successful. And, and you know, coaching's coaching is coaching. I really think I could enjoy coaching about anything. I have coached about anything. Um, if, if you're seeing that, that those players progress and grow. So, uh, for me, it was pretty pretty easy. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I mean, just growing up around athletics
1: all the time. Uh, that's what it was with athletics, and then, so I saw the impact that those guys had, and you know, the father, and the other coaches, had impact on my life. So, um, and and all I do is just try to, to to visualize and go back to those moments that where they really just I, I, it stood out and said, okay, now now I get it, now I I know the right path, now I know how to 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 channel my anger, my energy, you know, and and and, and instead of putting it towards uh, things that were just not uh, they gave that and so that right there um, I think very to, to get that back that's that's the problem. and make it successful. I'm really competitive. So if I go after something I'm like right. so that's yeah. you know so uh um but that being said um you know I, I just really felt like that was my calling in life and Took me a while to find it and, you know but once once i i think it was the time for me to jump into that I think it was I was prepared and i was ready and still learning on a daily basis uh you know i mean I pick his brain all the time I sit down I call him Gavin. uh you know just people I really respect and I look up to in this business uh, I, mean, I send film to you know one day after one game I was so mad I just sent the film to coach Gaffney and say you please just break this down for me and tell me what is wrong <laughs> you know so um And I'm sure Coach Harrell's done the same thing, you know. Um, So that being said, I I think those are just being around the right people to help you be successful, um, you know, because ultimately, you're you're never all the way prepared, just like having a child. You're never all the way prepared to have a child, but if you're willing to learn and you're willing to um, progress and get better and and, uh, open-minded, I think, you know,
0: uh, you can be successful.
1: That's your preparation.
0: Well, we definitely have a great duo of staple head coaches here at Highlands, but uh. how you able to earn the head coaching jobs here at Georgia Highlands? Well, for me, um,
2: back in in 2012, Coach Gatton was here. You know, he had been here for about a year, had not yet started athletics. Started in the 2012 season, and uh, yeah, my wife and I came up to Rome and just really fell in love with the area. And, and, like, man, it would be a great place to raise a family. So, I reached out to Coach Gaffney and just went through the, the process. And, you know, was fortunate enough that they hired me to, to, to coach the women's team at that time. That's kind of how I ended up here.
1: I mean, I and with me, at uh, I had my prep school. You know, I played in shorter. And I knew a lot of the, the the coaches, and ex-coaches from around this area. So, Andy Aiken was actually one of the coaches uh, that I knew. Up here and playing for shorter. and, um, and <clears throat> Coach Gaffney's first assistant was Coach Aiken, and so Coach Aiken had told Coach Gaffney about me and what I was doing down Atlanta. They started coming down, to meet my guys. And through that, me and Coach Gaffney built a great relationship. Coach Gaffney actually brought two or three of my guys up on a visit that I helped bring them up. You know, I drive them up, you know, come pick them up after the visit and this and that. Um, and, um, and Coach Aiken said he wasn't going to come back the next year coach had a call and was like, hey, you want, you want to get into college coaching? And I said, yeah. And, um, through that, you know, and, and uh, through that process and just, uh, you know, helping him build this program and, um, you know, and just, I stayed grounded, just, you know, worked my tail off to, to make it successful with him. Um, and uh, I was blessed after he chose to take the job at Gold Coast and um, you know, Coach Mathis. Coach Harrell and, and Don Green felt like, you know, that I could lead the way uh, and keep it going. Here we are today. <laughs> so.
2: And how would you compare your coaching from your first year to your current year coaching? <laughs> 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 uh, clueless to, to slightly less clueless. Because hey. um, uh, I still feel clueless uh, 18 years later at times. Uh, still baffled at times. You know, don't have answers at times but um you know for me it, it was especially the early years of, of my first job it was it was hard for us to get you know the upper level talent that the super skill we were, we were getting a lot of uh you know kids that were not recruited but were athletic kids that were not recruited but You know they could they could run they can jump they might not could dribble pass or shoot but they could run and jump so (laughs) you know we we built we had to be defensive minded you know in order to to, to give a chance give us a chance Uh, my first year in the league and that's after Tech two thousand four we were we were five and seven in the conference that year which is uh, not very much our kids just you know worked hard, played hard, just very physical, uh, real edgy type kids at times, and,
0: you know, know, we'd have to reel them in a
2: little bit at times, but, but for me, that saying, you know, we're getting more skilled players now, but still that defensive mentality still comes, it all starts there, and so, when I when I compare and contrast, you know, we have way more flexibility offensively, but it still starts on the defensive side of the ball. So that I would say, you know, that that has what has translated every year throughout the years for me. Well,
1: mine's kind of a two part process because I, I start off as an assistant, and um, <clears throat> the roles are totally different. Uh, Coach Gavin did a great job because when I first got here, he basically said, "I'm grooming okay. you." To and I took that to heart, and I do the same thing now with my my guys. But um, as an assistant coach, you have the the buffer between the head coach and the players as the the good guy, you know, the one that can smooth everything over and this and that. Also, uh, the recruiting um, that was what I love doing. I just love watching basketball and love evaluating talent. And one thing that I've been around a lot of successful players and programs when I was in high school. We were. No point no one state. Uh they won a state championship in 30 and 0 the year after I left, the year before when I was there, we probably would have won state championship. But two guys got kicked off. And one was a Nike All American. So mm-hmm. um, but I just saw <laughs> how good they were and what their mindset was. And um, even the years that shorter. Um, we worked good my first three years, but I told the coach, you know, I kept talking to him and saying, Hey, you know, we need these type of kids. And then his my senior year, he really Really, when I got a couple transfers that that embodied that. Um, and so I just saw the guys that, that translated to being successful and winning. Um, so that's that was the recruiting piece. When I took over as head coach, year one to year going into year three, that has been the hardest part for me to transition to being the good guy or the guy that wants to smooth everything over to the guy that has a drop of hand. And um, that's why I think me and Coach Greg or so uh, – Coach and are, are – great team is because he is he he doesn't mind dropping him he doesn't care about being the good guy or you know this and that so he keeps me in my career. you gotta do this you gotta do this you gotta you know, you know. and so I wasn't as receptive my first year until, I, until we lost and then losing makes made me open up to saying I need I need more discipline I need more culture a better culture I need this and this so now going to this third year that's been our main focus is the is culture and discipline, and just doing, if I tell you to do something, do it exactly how I tell you to do it, don't branch from it don't, now I'm an open minded person and, and I told the guys the other day, I said I try to let it be a little bit of democracy but I can make it a dictatorship and I said but I don't really want to be that way because you're out there on the floor, you have a pulse of what's going on, I can watch it but you're out there in the flow of the mix so I like suggestions but that being said, you have to know when that suggestion is shut down, and, you know, so that's been my biggest transition from year one to year three is just just getting that where I know that I have to drop the hammer and, and, and beat the, the judge, jury, and, and, and this, this is not even negotiable. These are the certain things because that's one thing I hate. Like I said, I hate losing, and if I think that that's a part of why we lost, you know, just like last year. You know, we're clearly the best team. I think we almost probably could have had a chance to make a run in the national championship because the teams we played in the preseason, one made it to the final four. We lost to them by one in the preseason. Uh, one made it to the elite eight. We beat them in the preseason. Um, so then we first lose in the first round. It was really hard to take. And, uh, and I think it was because of just lack of discipline. It was just lack of focus. Uh, we're going to lose this year. It's, it's not <laughs>
0: right. And uh, yeah, I'm sure the offseason this year has been crazy and a lot easier compared to last season as well. But um, Coach Merritt, what have you worked on your team this offseason since your three biggest producers from last season? Are gone? Um, I
1: it, honestly just trying to fill those holes. And, and you know, a Langston Wilson, and Kahim Brown, and uh, Keandre Bowles are really hard to, to replace, but mm-hmm. I instead of trying to do it all at, about one guy, I think I went out and got you know five or six guys that could replace those three guys. And and honestly, um, you know, I think the maturity level of the six guys or five guys that we brought in is at a higher maturity level than those three. So I'm replacing not just them with the points or the the effort and uh, I'm replacing it with maturity too, as well, that grasp the concept because they all came from D1 programs where they know what it takes to be successful um, so now what I'm saying, if you do this, you're not gonna play at the next level. I got four guys that are like he is absolutely right guys, you know what I'm saying so <laughs> um so it was more than just replacing them on the court uh because and that's what I looked for. like i said, the, the culture and the and and just holding accountability, being accountable and, and just um, just being coachable. I wanted to bring that into not just replacing them, but bringing guys that I could hold accountable. Of. and I have those those shortcomings that we had last year where. You know, I'm struggling to, to, uh, to get you to to want to be great. I'm, I want you to be great more than you do, you know. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> now, Coach, Hill, you're on the other end of that tour. You have four of your biggest producers from last season returning. So, how is that going to affect this season and how does that affect the offseason? Well, you know, for us, um, all season was just kind of business as usual. We're still, you know, Working on our skill level, getting shots up, getting in the weight room, getting stronger. to still, just some competitiveness and toughness. But you know, I, I think that one of the things that is concerning when you when you bring back, you know, all five starters plus you know one of one of our uh, first off the bench last year, bringing six returners back total. Um, you know they we're fine. They, they kind of forget how we were successful last year. So you kind of like, well, you know, <clears throat> we got everybody out back. We pretty much just got to show up and play and we're going to win. Well, no, because everybody else is getting better too. Everybody else recruited better. Everybody else is working harder. Um, so just showing up with the GHC on your chest is not going to win. The game. You games. You got to, you got to put in work, Um uh, Thankfully, we you know we've been able to, to, to scrimmage some of the top teams in the country uh, this preseason that has reminded us of that that we're <laughs> not we're not there. You know we we have a, we have we have people coming back, but are we better? Are, we didn't win a national championship last year, so you know we're we're, we're you're not good enough just by showing up. You got to put it in the work. So that's for us. That's what it's been is reminding them. That you know, just because you beat Team A or B last year doesn't mean you're going to beat them this year. They, they wasn't good enough to beat you last year. They're not happy, so you got to match that. You got you to match what they did, and, and so it's just been reminding them that that where we are is not good enough. What we did last year is not good enough. We, we've got to find a way to do it better, and do have that. As like Coach JJ was talking about that maturity, you know, so some of the, some of the, you know, stuff outside the gym, hopefully you don't have to worry about as much because they've been through it. Um, but man, it's, it's still the same thing. You got to keep them focused. You got, to you got, you still got to make them work because uh, we tell them all the time. You know, you, are, you know, our kids are exactly who the, who we allow them to be. So if we allow them to be lazy and, and content, and they're they're going to be lazy and content it's pretty, uh, you know, make them come out and compete and work hard every day. Then, you know, hopefully that's what they're going to do. So, just just an ongoing battle. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's overrated. Um, I do think that you know some of the teaching is less because we're not we're not teaching twelve people stuff. You know, we're teaching three or four, and we're expecting everybody else to know it. Uh, so my patience level when we don't do it. Is probably way less because you should know it. You know, you've been here for a year. Some of them been here two years. So, uh, just keeping them grounded, keeping them looking forward. I think it's the the main message.
1: Just to piggyback off of what Coach just said, I mean, we have got eight guys returning back from our team from last year, and, yeah. and yeah. one of the eight is uh, Bradley Belt, who uh, canceled stuff, but he's coming out the back end of it now, and he was going to be a, a huge piece for us last year, so. We got eight guys, but as Coach also said, you know, those eight guys, um, um, you know, they think that they can just show up. I mean, we went 16-3 last year, and, you know, they think that they can just show up. And as Coach said, we've been blessed to play some of the top teams already in the, in, uh, in Juco. And our first January game, we played Daytona State, was really talented. Uh, we got it handed to us, and it was an early wake-up call for those eight guys to say, okay, now we – actually have to show up and actually play and then this past week we actually uh did what we were supposed to do and actually showed up and not just with the name or you know on a jersey we actually showed up and played basketball and beat a team by 20 who had made it to the elite eight of the national thumb clash you know so
0: uh, it's a good thing and a bad thing <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and uh, one thing each team in the country is still battling is COVID-19 have there been any uh, updates on the restrictions when it comes to practice games anything like that
2: uh, no, really no, no restrictions, um, from a national office level. Uh, they have, because the national office obviously covers the entire country, except for, uh, you know, California and Oregon and Washington, they have their own conferences. And so it really varies state to state how states are, are handling the COVID issue. So the national office is... Basically, leaving it up to schools and conferences. Um, you know, I mean, we're 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 still all high, hyper aware. Uh, you know, we probably won't eat inside restaurants as much, and you know, we we you know we sanitize, still sanitize our hands a lot. Uh, you know, we we talk to our player. I know Coach JJ because none of us still want to. You know, but there are quarantine rules still in place at this local and state level, so you know that can impact your schedule. That can impact wins and losses. That can impact. Yet two kids have to be quarantined. You got a big game coming up. You know, so we're still mindful of that. Um, but there's there's really no uh, no blanket policy from from the national office, uh, just recommendations. And can you compare the differences between last offseason
0: and this one?
2: <laughs> well, you know, last year was such a crazy year because you know, where we're we're typically practicing in October, playing November 1st. Our entire season got pushed back to January. We we couldn't even start practice until January 4th. Uh, we couldn't start playing games until January twentieth, some somewhere along in there. I mean because JJ and I we we actually had a had a real Christmas break I, I had a Thanksgiving dinner for the first time in 17 years <laughs> uh, last year like a real Thanksgiving dinner with family and 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 so it, you know so all of that is different so you had this super long fall semester with all you could eat. we we were allowed to scrimmage a couple of times but it was basically just just practicing eight eight hours a week Oh, it had to be in a 60 – was it a 60-day – A 60-day 60, 60 window. You had to declare a 60-day window. And then when school ended, you couldn't practice anymore. And then you couldn't bring your players back early and you couldn't practice before January 4th. That was – that was the start date. So, it was kind of wait, wait, wait. And then January 4th got here and it was like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Uh, and then we had, a you know, a short season, a 20-game 20, 20 season or whatever it was. 22-game season. So, this year is much more normal. We're back on our normal schedule. Season's back to being in the fall and the spring. So, everything from that standpoint is more normal, but you still know what's out there. there are still uh, – we've played in two jamborees this, this so far this year, and both jamborees have had teams canceled last minute because they had kids test positive. They had to quarantine. So, you know, we're all still hyper aware of what's going on, but at least the format went back to a more normal schedule.
1: I mean, and, and, you know, it's still the same as, the one thing that's the same is that if a kid looks, says, we still have to have our eyes and ears open to if a kid has any symptoms. Even, I mean, I hear a kid sneeze. I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm looking around like, hey, man, I might need you, you need to go get COVID tested, you know, Um, and so we're quick to, to do that, just like we were last year. But as far as, um, but as far as status quo, uh, you know, we go places like we worked we did a fundraiser the UGA game. Uh, so guys, you know, have your mask and this and that. We went, um, you know, things and just, you know, you have your mask there, but, um, but so you still have to be, as coach Harold said, uh, aware and, uh, and look it and look for, you know, guys that may try to hide a symptom or this and that, but, um, that being said, the, the off season, uh, has been to me a little bit less stressful. Um, you know, but with eight guys coming back, and the one difference is, you know, we normally bring back two guys, you know, uh, uh, per year. And so I'm I'm thinking in my head, this offseason, I got to go get ten new guys. And I'm thinking, but then it could have been if we brought back eight. or We could have brought back two. You know, so it just depends on if other guys went places or this and that. So I went and recruited, and then all of a sudden, I, re- I signed all these guys, and then I had two of my best guys come to me and say, Coach, I, I want to come back, and I thought we were going to go to dish one, and they said we want to come back, so I'm like, I'm not going to push you on. I'm not going to crush a kid's dream of-, of not being able to play college basketball, that I've already offered and get a scholarship to. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this year, I started off with way more guys than I really wanted to, but like I told you, we talked about it. We tell the guys, I'm on the plant team. Only 13's traveling. And the other three, you got to you got to, gotta fight to get in there. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's really created a competitive culture. That, uh, And then we had a guy go down, you know. Uh, so that, you know, it dropped the number. You know, I wish put wish
2: was down. But
1: but it creates that competitive culture. And, and then you also know that if you guys do go down, you got people, you know, to jump in there. that's ready to add a chance an opportunity, and opportunity. Uh, so it's it's been a, a good thing, but uh, as far as the stress level, it's less stressful having to check temperatures every day and do you know do all the the uh, it was it was a checklist after checklist after checklist last year. That's it's not as mandatory. Yeah.
0: Have you heard of any talk of required COVID vaccinations from the NJCAA or <clears throat> no? Or what's our stance on the virus
2: from the national office yeah. standpoint? Um. I, again, I, I think they're you know their their policy is, is it, they're leaving it up to individual schools and and conferences. Because, you know, I mean even even in the Georgia conference, you know, we have university system of Georgia schools, we have technical college systems, and we have private schools. Yeah. So even in the state of Georgia, you have, you know, really three different kinds of schools or or, or three different governing bodies that that may have conflicting. So you can imagine across the whole nation, Mm -hmm. how many different governing bodies and agencies you have managing these schools. Uh, So the national office is really leading it up to to the individual uh, schools and systems and states and conferences uh, to come up with their uh, their own uh, policies. And and, uh, national office, I think is just continuing uh, uh, just kind of staying aware and, and has put out, you know, some rain. No, what well, players have been the most
1: impressive? For us, I mean, it's some some of the guys that stood out over the course of a couple of jamborees as one returner, is T.J. Uh, coach One of Coach Arrow's favorite players that we had last year. And um, the kid went from a football-type body and this summer totally has just transformed his body. He actually looks like a legit division basketball. It was a division one college football. But that's a different body type. It's a different uh m- movement. And and so uh he actually looks the part and probably he's been in my eyes the, the biggest uh had the had the best off season and has come in with the most ready to play. And then also I challenged him this offseason, you know, and said, you know, TJ, yeah, I know you didn't like the way you know, your minutes were last year. On you know, you're returning, you're coming back, but we're we're bringing in D1 transfers that it's going to make it even harder for you to get on the floor if you don't get better. And he took that as and he's he took that as a big time challenge. And I'm going to say I mean, we played six Jamboree games, and all six of them, he has probably he's just been unbelievable. And and not saying other guys haven't stood out. Um, you know, but that being said, TJ Ward, it, it just impressed me a
2: lot. Um, yeah, for, for us, I, you know, I, I think our most consistent player who's really always our most consistent player is our point guard. You know, she she's the one that when she comes out of the game, you see a dependent. Other people we can sub in and out, Good play, they're good players, they're great players, but you don't see the team drop like you do when, when Sandra comes out of the game or something. You know, she's she certainly been our most consistent player. fuss uh, at her every day about scoring more and shooting more. And, and we've seen in games she's taken shots that she didn't take last year yeah. that she's going to have to take for us to be competitive. Uh, but she's – it's no surprise with the level she's played at in this preseason. Um, it's just – she is still the most consistent player that we have. We know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, you're going to get that and a little more every game. And she just does things that wows you. Uh, yeah. And – and. I was watching player. her those first two years, I was here, I seen immediately the two was things like that things. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's, it's just watching her continue to grow and continue to get better. A lot of, a lot of people have, have had good games, but – Numbers, you know, had a couple, you know, get hurt every now and then. Haven't had very many people play all six games, but but she's been right there and then just
0: picked up right where she left off.
2: <laughs> I love her. <laughs> game. She's a great
0: player. She, she's a true point guard. Yes. <laughs> what is the energy coming into the season? Are there any new messages or ideologies coming in, or is it just...
2: Well, yeah, I think for us, uh, you know. We're, Going back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, it, it, it's, it's the yeah I think the ideology is the same. The it, but it's, it's the reminding that where we are is not good enough. You know you've got to continue to get better. And I, I, I mean, probably tell my players this every every day every other day. They get tired of hearing. At the end of the season, we'll we won't have any idea if we did too much work. But if you didn't put in enough work, you'll definitively know if you didn't put in enough work. So you never know what is enough, and and we don't want to think like that. We want to put in more than enough. We want to be in a position where we don't know how much more we put in than was necessary because the only way to find that out is to fail. Then you know exactly what you did wasn't enough. So that's kind of been the message is – you know let's 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 throw let's push everything into the center of the table let's let's lay it all down uh let's leave nothing to chance and 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 you're still not guaranteed anything i mean you you could you could still have COVID. you could still have injuries you could still have crazy stuff happen but if given the opportunity, we, we want to be in a position to win, the win championships, to get back to the national tournament. But, you know, that, that's what the players want to do. Uh, and it's our job to remind them how to do that and what it's going to take to do that on a daily basis. Yeah. I
1: mean, with us, you know, we, go, we went 16-3 and three last year, won the league, and have eight guys coming back. You know, I mean, four D1 transfers, three high-level truco transfers a stud prep kid is 6'9". Um, for me, uh, you know, I, just hearing around the country, uh, expectations are pretty high. But, you know, like Coach says, said, you know, you, you have injuries, and injury bug has already been us, you know, and just saying, you know, we haven't had this for a whole jamboree which is three games sure. for a you know, We haven't had all our guys play every one of just either for injury or just for nagging stuff that we sat him out of game or this and that. Um, so those that, you know, but barring any of that, expectations should be high. I mean, I have high expectations for not just for those guys, but for myself to, to help get them there. And, and like I tell them, I, and, and I say this every day, it just so happened that the team, you know, none of our, <clears throat> in our conference there was two guys go outside of Langston and, and Kai who committed early. There were two other guys to go to Division One in our company. So for us to get the maximum recruitment and exposure for our kids, you have to make. So the expectation is I want you you want to have options. You want to not just be okay, this is the this because it's probably how you got to us is you went to Division One and that was your only option. You know, you only you had one offer. You just took it because you wanted to go to Division. I. Well. We don't get the hush. That may be a, your, your thing then. and who's to say you're not going to have to transfer after leaving that? You know, leaving us. Um So, but to give yourself some options where you can do your due diligence and and go on visits and and choose the right fit for you, we have to make that national turn. Um, with that being said, you, you have to win the conference. Um, you know, we left it up a chance last year. If you ask me, I think we should have gotten at large. You ask everybody else why well, say everybody else, but you ask the people who made a decision, <laughs> uh, it, it, you know, it wasn't meant to be so, um, so yeah, I, I have high expectations for the guys and, um, for us and the staff. Um, like I tell coach, uh, you know, the staff, I say, you know, it's it's our job to get, you know, it, it's you know, oh, what well, the players? Don't you know, they're not giving maximum effort, or they're not doing this, they're not, well, it's our job to make them. So I'm going to make them and if Fall out trying. It's going to happen one way or another. We're going to make them um, to get to that level because then at the end of the day and I said this right after we lost, I walked off and I walked into the locker room and I said, I won the coach of the year last year. But to me, I didn't because I failed you guys. If we didn't make it to the national team. Because that's what to me a coach of the year does. It's he leads his team, uh, gets them motivated every game, gets them prepared to play even if it is a team you just beat by 36 points. Um, so I put that on me and I said, so I don't even count that. That that doesn't count. So <laughs> you know.
2: And what would you guys say the biggest change? The uh, the biggest change, um well, I mean, the, the biggest change from last year is the back to normal mm-hmm. mentality is is okay, so whatever we figured out last year. And whatever our process was last year, it was a one off so wide it up, throw it out the window. We use that. Now you got to go back from, uh, for me, those previous 16 years and pick through and find out, you know, what worked and and keep building out. So, you know, for me, all those years coaching, you're learning every year, you're adapting every year, and then you get to last year, and nobody has any idea what we're doing. We're just – but no, there's no roadmap for what we did last year. It was it was all new. It was just everybody's figuring it out. Every coach that talked, "What are y'all doing? How are y'all doing?" We don't know. We're just gonna try this, and so <laughs> roll it <he>, out and <laughs> see. Yeah, that's right. So you got you got you know like he had a lot of players, and and I have a lot of players who you know last year was, was their only experience with college basketball. So in some ways, the only year they know is the normal. So you're having to take that out, and so they're they're going back to a whole, you know, we're going back to normal, but it's a change for them because the, the one year they have to compare, compare it to is totally different. So, you know, obviously the format of the season and getting back to the normal schedule is, I think, the biggest change uh, that we're probably all facing and just how to manage that with the players that we have and, and get back to what we were doing, you know, two years ago. And you know, so you're steadily building, building, building. And and all of our goal is to be peaking at turn of the time, right? And, you know, you if you're playing at, you're, you're playing lights out in December, uh uh, right? Because you're, <laughs> you know, you're you're maxing out in December, you're probably in trouble in February and at March. So you keep building, building, building. So just kind of getting back to that mentality. Plus, uh, you know, last year was so short. A lot of our re- kids that are returning that were freshmen last year still don't understand how long and how grueling a college basketball season is. You're, we start workouts as soon as they get here in August, and if you make the national tournament uh, it's, it's middle to end of March. and so it's an extremely long time. Uh, so again, them learning that is going to be. It's gonna be a challenge. I mean, it's just the exact same thing as what coach said. It's just
1: getting back to what we know is the norm, but they don't know as is, is the norm. 35 games, uh, is a lot, you know, and I can already see it on my on the guys now, their body after two well, two months. You know, their bodies are already their their bodies are really hitting the wall already, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we haven't even started playing games yet, you know, and so. And as coach said, if your team's peaking in December, uh oh, because at some point in time, I don't care how good your team is, they're going to hit a, a a a wall, and you and you want that wall to be earlier than like, you know. And so even when we went thirty four and one, we lost our very first game, which was the wall for us, you know. What I mean, we, we hit that, and we didn't hit the wall again until you know we, just, it, we didn't get a chance to play for national championship because of. You know, some guys using some illegal players and things like that. But that's a whole nice story. <laughs> but um, but we hit it then, you know, and we learned from it. But at a point in time, you're going to hit that wall where you're going to be, you're gonna have to learn, to evaluate, and look yourself in the mirror. And you don't have a chance to hit that wall. Walked off the court after we beat East Georgia by 36, and I told Coach, Coach Sheepman, I said, just nervous. Like, oh, oh, when I got home, I told my wife, I said, uh, all day, the day before the East Georgia game, I was just <clears throat> beyond nervous because I knew my mentality. You know, if I, if I play a kid five times, I'm mean, play video games. If I play you three or four times and I beat you through breaks off of you, the fifth time we play, I'm not going to be as aggressive. So yeah. it was, this was literally our third time playing each other in, in a week and a half because we had the back-to-back games. So we played them at our play. And we played them at their place and then seven days later we played them again and both times we had beat them pretty good. Then come that third game and they're like, oh, we just out here. So also getting back to the norm of not having to play back to back games. Uh, that that's that in itself was a whole challenge and something brand new. Um because it you normally get a couple game buffer in between or this and that. You know, teams may look a little different when they come back around and you know. Same team you face on, on Tuesday, you are going to face them again on Thursday. You want to face on Thursday. You're going to face on Saturday. But the stuff that worked on Thursday, it's probably not going to work on the Saturday. So they made those adjustments. So it was fun for me because it was like playing the playoffs, you know, but uh, for the guys, you know, me and the coaches hard to try to
0: pass it on to the guys. Yes. All right, well, Coach Merrick. So, Terrell, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you want to let the you want to let the listeners know when your season starts. Um, yeah. Uh, well, for
2: for on the women's side, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a couple of scrimmage games, but our first home game is not until December. Uh, we're spending um, all of November on the road. Um, I, <laughs> I, I, think I don't know how you signed yourself over there. <laughs> I, I think we're gonna have to. Firing my schedule, <laughs> um, but uh, so we, you know we'll have some home games coming up in in December. Uh, you know, a lot of our games will you know on the road will be live streamed. Hopefully, uh, you know we'll have a couple opportunities end October uh, to come catch a scrimmage game and then real games in December.
1: Yeah, on the men's side, um, I want to promote this because I. Me and Shorter had, uh, you know, the coach of Shorter came up with an ex- exhibition game just for the city, try to create, you know, a buzz on both campuses and get get the excitement because I I think they're going to be pretty good this year, having been good in a couple of years. I think they're going to bounce back strong this year, and I, I want the community to support them, but also with us as well. So October 27th at Shorter, we're playing them at 7 p.m. In an exhibition game, and then our first uh, game. Uh, Season opener is November first here against Chattahoochee Valley, uh, who played it, uh, who made it to their conference championship game last year. So, be a really strong test for us to open up the season, and uh, uh, just hope everybody come on and, and support and
0: enjoy the product. There they Brandon. I think you'll good. All right, thank y'all again for joining us, and, uh, you know, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, join us next week as well for another uh, Post Mother podcast, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. And bye bye. Thank <laughs>